1: Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and today's episode is gonna be a little bit different. It's going to be my stream of thought, unfiltered, pretty much unedited, and I just really needed to get this off of my chest because as someone who's created content for so many years on the internet, I feel like it's my duty to acknowledge things happening in the world especially being a global citizen i'm for team humanity i will always be for team humanity and the truth is that team humanity is suffering right now so while this is a different format i hope you enjoy and still find some tangible takeaways or some similar thoughts i'm really curious to see if you guys feel the same and uh it's also the five year anniversary of when I got shot. So there's some thoughts about that as well on this episode. We will be back next week with regularly scheduled programming, but I hope you enjoy getting a depth at what is going on in the crevices of my crazy old mind. If you're like me, you've probably had trouble sleeping the last few days.
0: To our top story, Ukrainian officials are blaming Russian missile strikes for major explosions and destruction in the eastern city of Kharkiv. It's not clear how many people have been hurt or killed. And as rescue efforts continue, a huge convoy of Russian troops is closing in on the capital of Kiev. And that is where our Charlie Daggett is covering the story for us this morning. Charlie. A HUGE missile SLAMS INTO THE CITY ADMINISTRATION BUILDING IN KHARKIV'S FREEDOM SQUARE THIS MORNING. THE NUMBER OF DEAD AND INJURED IS NOT CLEAR AT THIS HOUR, BUT PEOPLE ARE BELIEVED TO BE BURIED UNDER THE RUBBLE AND A RESCUE OPERATION IS UNDERWAY. IT'S THE LATEST SALVO IN WHAT HAS BECOME A FULL-SCALE RUSSIAN ASSAULT ON UKRAINE'S SECOND-LARGEST CITY, INCLUDING A SERIES OF INDISCRIMINATE ROCKET ATTACKS THAT RAIN DOWN ON DENSE URBAN AREAS. THE INTERIOR MINISTRY SAYS as dozens of civilians have been killed.
1: I tried everything to get into a state of relaxation. I tried eliminating coffee, which is crazy, because it's something that I've always consumed. So from two to three cups a day of coffee, I have gone cold turkey, no coffee at all, no caffeine. Then I tried working out, maybe I could tire myself out. No. Then I tried getting to bed early. No. And then I realized that this is a symptom of what the world is going through. And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. Tonight, a worsening humanitarian catastrophe in Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest city today, the scene of street to street combat. It's hard for me to think about anything else other than what is happening in Ukraine and all of the civilians being killed innocently over greed and power. And it's hard for me to scroll on Instagram and see people going about their lives. And I know that we can't dwell on things, but for me, as somebody who is global in spirit and loves connecting to people and always leads with this mentality of there's more good than bad, moments like this always shock my core and make me reevaluate not only who I am, but what content I'm putting out on the internet, what content I'm consuming. And I have a few things to say, so this episode is a little bit different because it's not me interviewing someone, it's not really talking about how to be a not so average Joe. I guess in a sense it is, but what I wanted to get off my chest today was just how important this time is for reflection for gratitude of the things that we do have, for the privilege that we have. I know in the States we have our problems, but when you look at people being bombed in their homes, it's on another level. And as somebody who's experienced violence firsthand, not anywhere near as violent as what's happening all over the world, because let's face it, these wars have happened in Africa, in the Middle East, for centuries, and now we're really just aware of it because there's... Russia with nuclear power threatening to change history, which I also have my feelings about the fact that these wars have been going on in the Middle East and Africa. Genocides have happened and people still go about their days. I have feelings about that as well. Not great ones, obviously. And then all of a sudden there's a war on Europe and we're all tuned in, plugged in. But I I think overall, it's not just the war that's happening. It's, It's more than that. developing countries that are at the front line of this battle. Those parts of the globe which will suffer the most and the soonest are not those parts of the globe which have actually loaded all those carbon dioxides in the atmosphere in the first instance. It's the exact opposite. Uh, The parts that will suffer the most, most quickly uh, are those around the equator. But you have to understand this is also a crisis for the world. The fact is that if the poor are suffering today, then the rich will also suffer tomorrow. If parts of the world become increasingly uninhabitable, future climate change could lead to internal displacement and migration.
0: Crop failures lead to food riots. Food riots lead to destabilizations of government. And we can imagine a kind of scenario where we have millions of climate refugees and the possibilities for destabilization, political and cultural destabilization, become very great.
1: And it's these grim headlines of war, of climate change, of COVID-19. And as someone who's always had a smile on my face, I'm struggling to find the smile right now. And so maybe this will be therapeutic for me to just let this out. I didn't want to just continue with the podcast as if nothing is happening because that doesn't feel morally correct. I haven't posted anything on the internet for weeks. And if I have, it's been sources on what's happening so people can educate themselves. But today was the first day that I didn't wake up and go immediately to the headlines. It was the first day that I woke up and just woke up. In fact, I listened to a podcast about neuroscience and how relationships, scientifically speaking, are kind of hardwired as you're born and you can rewire it. So I was trying to take my mind off of the war and all of the things, which I guess in a sense means that the content that people put in this time is is good as a distraction. But I really do want to touch on how we are living in this time that history is being made. My grandfather, who's 87 years old, who was a Marine for most of his life, he's telling me that he's never seen something like this. And so it's like, when you look to the people who are older than us, they don't have the answers. And so we're figuring them out as we go. Also, no other generation has ever had to navigate crises and global trauma and and war and social media where even though the world is more connected than ever, you'll still see people posting selfies or booty pics when they know what's happening. So it's it's hard for me to digest all of this. There is no answer, but I would love to know if you feel the same because how can we ignore this? But then I also get the other side of it, right? Where we can't just dwell on the negative, we can't spiral, we can't close our doors and cry all day, I get that. But another interesting thing was happening in my life as all of this is erupting, for lack of a better word, all over the world, it's like not only this war but this reality that our freedom is fragile, our safety is fragile, and a lot of things could be taken away from us in a second. And the thing that's happening with me right now is that it's the five-year anniversary of when I got shot. So on February 28th of 2017, I was 25 years old, and you might have heard this in the first episode of the podcast, where my best friend Omnia interviews me and asks me about the bullet that I still live with in my back, and every single time around this year, I want it to be a marker of not only progress, personal evolution, but I wanted to be a reminder of how fragile life is because that morning I didn't wake up knowing I was almost going to lose my life, knowing I could have easily been paralyzed if I was one centimeter to the left or to the right. So my rebirthday was coming up, which is always an emotional time for me. And I started thinking yesterday on the actual day that it happened, I'm like, you know what, today I, I need a dig deep and think about what I want what would make me happy there are the basic things right like talking to friends going for jogs eating healthy those basic things I can easily control but then there are other things like purpose the messaging of what I'm putting out into the world like being more intentional with the energy that I'm putting into my work because the things that I share the things that we all consume affect us and if I can contribute to having a little bit more of an educated world or a little bit more of an aware world or a little bit more of an introspective world, then that to me is a better use of my time. So all of this to say that this time for me is always a reset, a rebirth. But I feel like the world is also in this moment. I hope the world is. Because if you can't ask yourself these questions of, if today were your last day, would it be a good one? What are you doing? Acting like you're invincible? That's the question that I always ask myself on this day. And the answer to me, this year, is yes, I would be happy if it were my last day, but make no mistake, I can do more to help. So I will, I will because it's it's like an internal duty to we can't just be out here for selfish gains and clickbait and likes it's just it's got to be more i see the the progress and the growth in Joe Club my journaling club and i had a session on the 27th which was the day before my my rebirthday and the session was called rebirthday and opportunities and I was feeling a little like droopy because obviously it's this whole time in history is just overwhelming, but the session was really powerful because I asked questions to the members and to myself that had this vein of what is this all for? What is the purpose here? Some of the questions that you should absolutely journal were, what is something that you can do now that you couldn't do last year? Sure, we have the physical senses, like the COVID lockdowns have been lifted for the most part, so we can go see people and hang out. Those things are obvious. But I meant it more on a thought-provoking level. Like, what have you unleashed from your life? What have you let go of so you could start growing? That was one example of a question. Another question was, do you celebrate the things you have? because I find that we go motion by motion, and we forget to celebrate. And when I think about how I celebrate, it's in the very little things. My friend asked me the other day if I pray, because she's Muslim and prays, and there's like a set of guidelines there. And I was raised by a very hippie mother that never said if one religion was right. She always said all religions have their value and their wisdom. And as a kid, I dabbled in several different religions, and I ended up believing in a higher power, but not having a defined religion. And so my answer to her question, when she asked, do I pray, I said, yes, I write. Because my way of showing gratitude is by taking that moment to sit down and honor that thing that I wanna preserve in my personal history, as long as those journals are intact. And she was shocked. She was like, wow, I would never expect that answer. And I'm like, yeah, I do pray. I praise the things that I have. I celebrate them in small doses every time I sit down to take time and write about things that I'm happy for and grateful for. Another question that was really powerful was, what can you do now to feel more alive? What can you action right now? What can you schedule? What can you learn? And this question was important because when I was on that hospital bed, not knowing if I would be paralyzed, or if the bullet could get infected, or if you know, five years from now it could move, which I'm glad to say it's been five years and it hasn't moved. But it was a question that I asked myself, like, what can I do now that I have this second chance at life to grow more, to feel more alive? I ask myself these questions every year and the answers are always different, which is why it's so powerful to ask yourself questions, journal about it, track your progress. But my answer this year, it's always in the basic things. But it's to continue growing these communities of people who are connected and who are committed to self-development and to introspection and self-care, right? And throughout the session, I saw people have much more to say than when the session began, which is a sign of a good session. It's like, you know, when it starts off, I play the crazy card. I have to talk a lot. And then by the third or fourth question, I have seven hands raised and discussion is flowing like water, which to me says one thing. That these questions are not questions we pose ourselves often and it's because we have this ignorance as human beings to believe we have forever but the minute you come in contact with a near-death experience or something as traumatic as seeing pictures of civilians being injured or or killed in an attack against the innocent you start questioning your mortality you start asking yourself like damn what would i do if that happened here Hopefully you're empathetic enough to to ask yourself those questions. So while it's my rebirth day, I feel like it's also an opportunity for the world to ask themselves how the fragility of life affects what they're doing with their time alive. Because we definitely don't have forever. And every year around this time, I need to take a moment and remind myself Because I get caught up in life as well. Like, I get caught up in the day-to-day BS. I get caught up in the emails. I overwhelm myself with things I put on my to-do list, right? Because I'm a crazy person and I always want to do more. But the truth is, I guess, when this time around comes, I I always remember that at the core, I want to squeeze every drip of juice that life has to offer. Because what is the point otherwise? Why are you here? I know we didn't ask to be born, but while we're here, we better have a good-ass time. So that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed. And cheers to, to life. Thank you so much for listening. I know that that episode wasn't exactly light, but sometimes you just got to keep it real I love this podcast because it's the place where I feel like I'm the most myself on the internet, if ever. It's unfiltered, it's raw, it's real, and this is what it is right now. Plus, if it's one thing that I've learned about being a not-so-average Joe is to speak yo truth. With that being said, next week we will be back with regularly scheduled programming. I have a beautiful guest, Miss Mahogany Brown. She's a poet, and we actually speak a lot about this, about not silencing your voice, about unlocking creativity. She's a successful author, poet, and makes a full-time living on poetry. So you're not going to want to miss this because they say it ain't possible, but it is. If you'd like to join Joe Club's discussions, we speak about these kinds of topics twice a month live via Zoom. It's changed my life and I'm hoping that it has positive impacts in yours. I know that the members have told me that it has, which is great news. If you'd like to join, I've created a special discount code for the podcast listeners. Type in not your average Joe at checkout for 50% off your first month. And uh, afterwards, it's basically group therapy for around two and a half cups of coffee. So it's definitely worth investing. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I'm sharing resources and podcasts that I'm listening to about the war. I'm gearing up for my 21-day language challenge, which is kicking off on March 14th. You can sign up for the newsletter to get daily reminders of the challenge in the show notes as well. I'll link it there. Uh, It's going to be really dope. It'll be 21 days of me creating little challenges not only for myself but for everyone who joins doesn't matter what language you speak or what level you're at it's a way to keep each other accountable i'm gonna start a facebook group i'm in mexico right now so it's a lot of noise by the way they're like dogs barking uh and the 21 day language challenge is something i am looking forward to because i find that in times of funks like this anytime i'm really sad or down it's in learning languages that i pull myself back up And I've been thinking a lot about what this next chapter of my career looks like. And I think it's so ballsy and so incredible that these journalists are bilingual and they're going into these war zones and they're translating these conversations that are giving the world access to stories that we wouldn't have had access to otherwise. And as I listened to the bilingual reporter on the New York Times with her reporting, I'm like, this is why I learn languages. It's to spread messages. It's to be a bridge to the world. And that, to me, is worth spending time on. So join me on my 21 Day Language Challenge. It's completely free. And uh, for anything else, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM. I'm always there ready to read your thoughts on what you'd like to hear on this podcast next. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with some more Not Your Average Joe.